Welcome to Through the Wire, the podcast that's going to tell you all the ins and outs around adult braces and the gruesome jaw surgery that surrounds it. Today with me, I have Jess, and me and Jess actually met when she was sat in the waiting room the day after her surgery. And anyone that follows me on Instagram will know that I actually put a post up on Instagram today. I was sat there waiting to see Mr. Pierce, my surgeon, for my checkup. And I could see a, a, a woman that had clearly just had her surgery very, very recently sat there like an absolute warrior. Um, not only to know that that was actually Jess. Jess had messaged me the night before her surgery. <laughs> um, so it was quite comical because I went in to see Mr. Pierce and I was like, is that Jess? And he was like, yes, it is. <laughs> so me and Jess ended up, I'll say me and Jess, I ended up talking to Jess <laughs> on the way out because unfortunately Jess wasn't feeling too great, were you? No. Um, so that's how we met and we've kind of like stayed in contact since. And it's been really interesting because Jess is still quite, I want to say new since the surgery. I know it sounds awful saying new, but I don't know how else to describe it. You're still pretty much coming out of recovery. You were telling me just on message, you were just finishing your crumpets before you jumped <laughs> on the podcast. Um, so it's all very fresh for Jess. I'm hoping to give some perspectives to other people that maybe want to know what it's like more recently for them. Um, so Jess, welcome to the podcast, first of Hi. all. Thank you for agreeing to join me, because I know it could be quite daunting, especially I asked you quite soon after your surgery, and you were like, um, maybe in a few more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you feeling today? I'm feeling really good, actually. Like, you, everything's kind of getting back to normal. Good. You sound really good as well, because I know you've sent me a few voice notes before, and it was a little bit, like, muffled obviously yeah. from when you were struggling to talk so are you feeling pretty confident in your speech and what's happening now yeah it's getting a lot better good and how many weeks are you now i'm eight weeks on wednesday eight weeks post-surgery i bet that's if i say i bet that i'm not even going to say that i remember saying to you in the waiting room it will go so fast it's not so that. yeah and I, I always say to people, like, there's a Taylor Swift song and in the line it says it only hurts this much right now. And I remember saying that to you in the waiting room, <laughs> saying, just remember, it's just right now. Just remember Taylor Swift. Because now you look back, how do you feel about it looking back? Uh, it's been mental, but, like, <laughs> definitely worth it. It is. And, like, you were very unsure if you'd done the right thing, weren't you? I think at first, yes, because I thought my face was going to stay like that forever. Like, I was so <laughs> paranoid. <laughs> and I think just for reference so that everyone knows, Jess, um, unfortunately, did have a lot of swelling. Um, like, top, bottom, you had both jaws done, didn't you? Yeah. And it was very obvious you were struggling with the swelling when I saw you. And I think that's probably been one of the biggest problems that you've had to battle really isn't it yeah i turned an overnight hospital trip into four days <laughs> and this is the thing this is why i wanted you to join us because some people have it quite straightforward i feel like my recovery was quite straightforward in terms of i was in i was out and like 24 hours after walking into the hospital for my surgery i was walking out but you were back and forth a little bit and even like some of the nurses we had a lovely nurse fiona who I was talking to and was with you who'd actually said you were really struggling at that time and every person is difficult uh, difficult every person is different I should say and you just had a very difficult time with it didn't you 
Yeah, I think my problem was like when I had the surgery, like I did not think about it at all. Mm-hmm. I had like I remember the Monday I like had a little cry in the waiting room with Fiona. She was amazing <laughs> and she reassured me. And then I was like, you know what, it'd be fine. Like I've seen everyone's photos and everything. I was like, it'd be perfectly fine. I woke up, like eyes are cry, was absolutely fine. <laughs> and then the next day I woke up and I was that swollen and I like literally felt horrendous and I was like, What have I done to my face? Yeah. And I think that's probably the most difficult thing is it's when you wake up, I I almost forgot I'd had the surgery on occasions and I woke up feeling like I was hungover almost. Yes. Like my head, the pressure from it, it's the worst hangover I've ever experienced really. (laughs) Um, But it's the only way to describe it because you feel groggy, you feel slow, you feel like your head's got so much pressure. And you had that pretty continuously for quite a few days, didn't you? Whereas I only had it for a few days. I think it was a bleeding as well on the nose because you had that because mm. I saw yeah. you had that and I was like oh I'm prone to nosebleeds and I told Mr. Pierce before and then on my days that wouldn't stop either I'm just like <laughs> and I had to keep like texting my phone can I have goals to the nose because she couldn't understand me yeah I I remember my nose it wouldn't stop bleeding and I actually said to them I need to put something against my nose because I was mm-hmm. fed up holding stuff against my nose to try and catch the blood um, and that's when she came back with like the gauze and she tied it around the back of my head. Yeah. <laughs> and at the time I remember thinking, what the hell's going on? But actually it was such a great solution. And I know when I saw you in the waiting room, they pretty much done the same yeah. with you. <laughs> so um, we were both in the same boat with that. And I think that's something I didn't actually expect is the constant nosebleeds after surgery. Um, I mean, I'm nearly six months post-surgery. I'll be six months on the 2nd of February and I still get the odd nosebleed now. Nothing extreme, but straight after surgery, I, I, I don't know why I just didn't expect nosebleeds. And I didn't expect, like, every time I, like, went to bend over, my nose would bleed. Every time I leaned back too far, my nose would bleed. <laughs> and I think it's quite a difficult one to manage because that's not where the pain is. But yeah, that's where the intention needs to be to stop the bleeding. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so you are obviously eight weeks. You went through um, like the festive period, obviously, recovering. How yeah. did you find Christmas? Because I know we'd had a discussion via text, but in your own words, what, what was your experience around the festive period? And I suppose socialisation, food is a big part in it, um, alcohol. Have you got any insights around that for us? So I think around Christmas, I think about in like three weeks. So mm-hmm. I was at the point where I could like have soft food, like mash, stuff like that. But like I had yeah. to put up and I could just swallow it. So yeah. we went to my nan's for Christmas day and we had some issues there anyway. So it was like an unusual Christmas anyway. Like we all sat with like dinner on our knees and everything to like <laughs> kind of accommodate them. Yeah. And I was sat there around everyone's Christmas dinner and I had my pile of mush just on the thing and I was just <laughs> crying. I was like, this just isn't but I think I just got emotional because obviously like Christmas is never normally like this. Yeah. And, and my mum kept saying she's like, I'm trying the best I can do. I'm like, no, I know you are, it's not you, it's me. Oh, you poor mum as well. Honestly, like, she's been a trooper. I was just about to say, how has she coped with it? Because you've obviously seen it from your side and you've been emotional how has your mum dealt with things though so she did a lot of the research before because i was so like i was so naive and so in denial so when it turned out like even worse than we thought like with the swelling and everything she was straight on it like she was at every hospital visit (laughs) like 
I think there was one time she was like five minutes late and I was phoning her, I was like, where are you? I want a shower. <laughs> because like, I was like, I couldn't really do much myself. Yeah. And um, But yeah, like she got like such much food for me. Like there's one day where um, I just came out of hospital and the cocoa de they gave me for some reason, every single time I had it, I was sick, which when you're not eating much anyway and your jaw's basically wide shut, being sick obviously isn't the nicest thing. No. And we figured out that the only thing I could eat was yogurt. So she like drove to the shop, like got me so much yogurt. And just was like <laughs> making sure I was eating. But like she was, oh, I literally can't thank her enough for how she was. It's amazing as well, because I think sometimes people forget that this surgery, it's difficult for me and you going through it and going yeah. through the recovery. But the toll it takes on friends and family can be quite exhausting because there's that constant worry um in the podcast that i did with jade i think i commented on there to say like my boyfriend went away for a night and my friends were adamant i was not being left alone i was five days post-surgery and so one of my friends came and stayed with me shout out to sarah for that and i just remember waking up the next day and she cleaned my kitchen she'd done the dishes she tidied the living room <laughs> she'd taken the dog out and i was like what the heck and she said to me she's like this is it's a big surgery because I think we downplay it as humans. We go, oh yeah, we're just having surgery, but it is a big surgery. And she put it to perspective to me to say, you cannot expect to do everything yourself. You've got to rely on other people. But the follow up from that, that she was saying, it's going to take its toll on the same people that are caring for you, which was my boyfriend and my mum and dad were coming to see me. So she did everything she could to make sure that like they hadn't got a lot to do really when they did come back to me. Um, but I remember sitting there and thinking we had had quite a few arguments, me and my boyfriends, while I was in recovery. And some of it was just because we were spending so much time together and yeah. I felt so grumpy and I was in discomfort. And I think we weren't prepared. We hadn't done all the research that your mum had probably done from a parent's perspective. Um, it was kind of like, this is what's going to happen. This is what I need. It'll be fine. And I think the fact that your mum's done that and she's catered to you and finding the yoghurt and figuring out what it is that's worked, it takes a lot, that does. It's a lot of yeah. effort and strain. And people say, well, she's your mother, you should be doing it. And she hasn't got to because, actually, Jess, how old are you again? I'm 21 in, like, two weeks, so yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, like, she hasn't really got to. You are an adult. Literally. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think it's nice to see that. And um, just for everyone that is listening, we are going to be doing an episode from some parents' points of view. And we've actually got Jess's mum that's agreed. And we've also got Jade's mum that's agreed. So there's going to be a combined episode there. So if you are a parent listening, um, I'm pretty sure those ladies will tell you warts and all what they've had to go through. <laughs> um, so don't just take, obviously, the patient's word for it. We've got the parents as well. So, obviously, just moving forward from that, you just said, obviously, you're going to be 21 in a couple of weeks. You are obviously an adult patient going through this. But when did you find out you needed this surgery and this treatment? So, mine's actually an unusual one because when I was about, obviously, like, about, like, 11 or 12, I actually did a flip off a trampoline and mm-hmm. it bashed my jaw. Oh, wow. So, then I was just, like, taking to like, any and everything. And from that, they said I damaged my jaw and that, like, it stopped growing. Wow. So, I don't think I've actually told you this one before. <laughs> no, you haven't. I didn't so, know that. I was sat here then going, Jesus, Jess. Yeah, I forgot, just forgot to, like, completely <laughs> tell you all. So, my kind of, I was very borderline whether I needed it or not. 
But obviously, I think I was about 16. They were like, right, yeah, we are going to proceed with this. And being told that at 16, I was like, okay. I was like, um... Obviously, I wanted... My, my teeth were horrendous at this point. Like, they weren't yeah. doing anything. And I want, like... My teeth were, like, my biggest, like... I'd say thing about myself. Yeah, so like I an was insecurity. Like, I was like, yeah. I was like, you know what? If I've got to have braces and I've got to, like, have my jaw broken along the line, you know what? It is what it is. So mm-hmm. then I had to keep waiting for my jaw... No, not my jaw. Something to stop growing. Yeah. Like, in my mouth. Um, so I had braces on, I think... It was when, like, when COVID hit, I had it a month before. Yeah, so you were was... quite soon after me actually having the braces on, though. Yeah, mine so I... was December twenty nineteen. So you must have been around February twenty twenty then. I think I was either February or March twenty twenty because I literally just turned seventeen. Wow. Okay. So, but it's been a what? It's been a ride. <laughs> yeah, it, it has, and like I said this to Jade as well. Like, being at that age and like just having your braces on and starting that treatment when you've got friends that are just having braces taken off yeah how did you because i heard jade's point of view with this but how did you cope with that thought process i think so yeah my friends were just having their heads off and they were like oh it's not that bad and everything but obviously like i knew i had to go through this eventually yeah and like i knew no matter how much i tried to sugarcoat it like it was going to be horrendous so um i suppose i just kind of dealt with it but i think not seeing anyone for so many months because of lockdown kind of yeah. when i got like reestablished like not reestablished in society but like, when we started seeing people again no yeah. one could really tell yeah and it, it's funny because i actually say that's a blessing in disguise for me um and you may feel the same as well because like i just had my braces on a few months and we went mm-hmm. into lockdown and people have heard me say this before but i had a bottom tooth right at the front taken out and I was absolutely paranoid about what would people do, say, think, especially with the job I was doing. And actually, because of lockdown, nobody saw that gap. And when I did go out, we were all wearing masks. Yeah. <laughs> so nobody noticed. And I think, like, for me, I've kind of, like, wrote that off as, do you know what, time was going to pass anyway, so I've got a brace on, I might as well go and do it. Yeah, completely. That's how I kind of looked at it. And somebody asked me, actually... Um, last night they'd listened to Jade's podcast and they are a year or so older than me and they were a little bit concerned around their age and starting the treatment and I said looking back now the time is going to pass anyway so what's the difference with time passing without the treatment versus with the with the treatments the difference will be the end results and how you feel at the end so <laughs> for me I, I kind of feel we were very lucky going through to that stage although it sounds like you've probably had a, quite a few delays like I had as well. Yeah. Just again, COVID, waiting list, times, etc. Um, I don't think it should have taken either of us as long to get to this point. But <laughs> hey, it's worked out for the better for us anyway. So you were told, obviously, 16, you were definitely going to go ahead with this. You have been braces on at 17. Um, how was... How was the, I suppose, the treatment itself with the braces? How did you find that experience? Because this is what caught me off guard. So I'm intrigued to know what your experience was. So when I got my braces on, it was horrendous, but I was really ill as well. So now I'm convinced that I had COVID. So because mm. obviously, like, I didn't accept back the pain. Yeah, like, I didn't. I'd, I'd say it sounds really weird. I'd say the pain of, like, having braces on 
was worse, like the beginning was worse than having jaw surgery. Yes, I'm so glad you've said that because I said that to one of my friends the other day and she was like, surely not. But I agree. I absolutely agree. Because I think the pain of jaw surgery, it's very, it mentally weakens you, but you're, because you're so numb, there's no physical pain. Yeah. Like my swelling was painful, yeah, but a bit of ice that sorted that out, your bit of medica- like medication, like I was off my meds like the first two like week and a half i think wow you did really well with which that. was really shocking i was like wow i was like they didn't feel anything which that's definitely a big bonus like if you're worried about having the surgery and the pain like the fact there isn't really much pain i suppose yeah and this is again this is what i say to people it's not pain it's discomfort yeah things are in a different place than how you've always known them so it feels weird it feels strange it's it it catches you off guard and like you said it's mental it's a mental mind game i say this to quite a few people you're going to have the surgery you've got to be mentally resilient because it is emotional it's emotionally draining oh completely whereas like just as you said the braces having the braces put on is not painful it's the two or three days after when everything yeah everything's sensitive it can't even bite into a banana it's that painful i couldn't bite into a soft sandwich i couldn't and like every adjustment two or three days after you've got that sensitivity again um for anyone that's going through this you'll understand that level of pain and discomfort with the braces but anybody that's getting ready to go through this please don't let it put you off but what i would say is what i didn't factor in and it was only when my gp surgery told me this is that as an adult having the braces put on everything's settled everything's grown everything's in the place it thinks it should be so when it's trying to move those teeth and the ligaments with the teeth it is going to take more force and more discomfort than somebody that's a growing adult because growing there is a bit of elastication there whereas when we're having them as an adult things tend to be set in place so there does tend to be apparently i'm not an expert with this but there does tend to be more discomfort as an adult having metal braces on which, at the time, if I'd have known that, I would have prepared myself a bit better. But I don't know about you, Jess, but I was pretty much, if I had my brace appointment where I knew there was going to be adjustment, that day was eating everything and anything, knowing the next couple of days yeah. I probably wouldn't eat as much. <laughs> so it does prepare you quite well for surgery, that does. So had your braces on, you've dealt with that quite well from the sounds of it, especially considering you've got friends that were having theirs off, you've gone through COVID with it, the surgery comes around and I just remember the night before your surgery getting a message from me <laughs> saying hey I'm having surgery tomorrow any tips and I'm sat there going what you've left it till now to message me <laughs> well I don't know what to tell you um so I want to fast forward to the night before surgery I know you said you were just kind of going along with it but what was actually going through your mind because there must have been something there because you messaged me Oh, what did you do the night before nerves. surgery? Were you nervous? Yeah, so I think um, as soon so I live in Leeds, and then as soon as I got home, I was like, oh, this is actually happening. I was like, oh, like I, I can't pretend it's not happening anymore. <laughs> and I was like, right, okay. So um, I was like, right, I'm gonna. I'd research bits on keep Stokes. Stokes oh, I can't speak now. Keep smiling, smiling. Yeah, but, um, like uh, Gemma's story, and I saw Jade's as well. Yeah, and then I saw yours. I was like, "Oh, she's got an Instagram account." I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go on to this." And then I like, I, I remember watching you like eat an Ensure when you're in this like after <laughs> surgery. And I was like, that, I was "Yeah, like, she looks really good." Ten hours after surgery, I was eating Ensure. <laughs> well, I say eating, dribbling it down my chin, but yeah. 
And I was like, oh, she looks really good for after surgery. I was like, Jade looks a bit swollen, but like, they look really good. So I was like, oh, this will be fine. And then I started panicking. I was texting my friends and they were like, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. I'm thinking, if one more person tells me, I'm going to be fine. Like, mm. And then I think when I had it done, and I remember I was so high, so I was just literally sending pictures to everyone. And they were like, what the hell? Like, yeah, they had them, they saved them in the chat. So like, I could see them obviously when I was more like with it. And I'll like, look at them now. I was like, oh my God, like, what is my face? <laughs> and then they were but, like, I didn't realise how bad it was going to be. Yeah. And I think that's what catches people by surprise. Everyone's like, oh, it's fine. You'll be okay. Because we as individuals downplay it because we mm-hmm. ne- don't necessarily want the attention. And then when people start to see the pictures, they're like, what the hell has happened? That's when it hits people going, this is a big surgery, which is a shame because it shouldn't take to that stage for people to realise what you're about to go through. But I think being nervous the night before surgery, I think is totally normal because unfortunately, what we don't know is how we're going to look after that surgery. It's all a little bit of unknown and we're putting the trust in somebody else's hands, which shout out to Mr. Pierce. He does a a bloody good job. He does an amazing job. Yeah, he put, he's so good at like putting you at ease. He plays it really cool as well. Like every question oh, yeah, is not literally. an issue, and like every time you speak to him, he's like, "Yep, this is good," or "This, that, or the other will do this." And like I said, everything's just done with ease with him. But he's probably done this ten times over now, so he gets it. Um, but one of the questions I want to ask, and I think I'm going to make this a regular question to anyone that's had the surgery: What was your final meal before surgery? What did you eat before you cut off time? So I was like, right, so we had a fat Chinese. <laughs> like, so my entire family, we sat and had like a massive Chinese. It was amazing. And then me and mum had gone to Tesco the day, like that day and got yeah. like, we got like smoothies and like soup and stuff like that. And like, we co- in the end, we couldn't even get the smoothies up the syringe, which really just sad and really disappointing. I struggled with that as well. I gave up in the end. Um, but we got that and then I bought like a massive sticky toffee pudding. And everyone was tired and went to bed because they'd been at school and work. And I just sat in the living room. With, what, I think we were watching Grey's Anatomy with my sticky toffee pudding just eating that. And I was like, okay, I can't eat now. It's like, that's it. <laughs> so you did basically the same as me and Jade. And I wonder how many people that are about to have the surgery do the same. So for anyone that doesn't understand the surgery, you are restricted on a diet. Um, yeah. And it's pretty much liquids, um, very soft foods. When we say very soft, it's like mash, like baby food texture. Um, and then it goes to softer food again, so like cooked pasta. And then you start to basically build on it. So you can expect like six, eight weeks at least where your diet is not going to be normal and you can't eat some things that you would normally eat. Um, so Jade had what she called a big fat kebab. <laughs> she, <laughs> she slept like a rock that night because she was that full, she said. Um, I ate throughout the day pretty much anything and everything I wanted, but I did have a massive pizza. Pizza's my weakness. And then obviously you're there with your massive Chinese and sticky toffee pudding. So I think there's a bit of a pattern. We all prepare ourselves to enjoy the foods that we're not going to have for quite a while. Um but you've just actually said to me that you're just eating crumpets for your breakfast before you jumped on here. So how are you getting on with your eating at the moment? I'm getting on so well now. Like, I think at first, well, you kept saying to me, like, you have to have soft food and stuff. And I was like, I don't get it, though. Because, like, if your jewels like, getting healed, like, why can't you chew? And then as soon as I was like, God, I actually can't chew. Like, yeah. it hits you. I think you... I think you can prepare yourself as much as you need for the surgery. But when you go through it, you actually experience it. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I get what you mean because you think, well, why can't I chew if it's healing? I should be able to, but it's like the muscle memory. Literally. Your jaw's in a different place than where it's always been and you've got to almost learn to re-eat and re-talk. I don't know about you, Jess, but even my family have noticed the way that I talk, like the shapes that I create with my mouth when I'm physically seen, they say looks different than before I had the surgery. And I know for a fact that I chew differently than before the surgery. Again, all because you've got to reteach yourself all this. You just got to build up that muscle memory again and build up the strength to be able to bite through and to chew through some of the foods we want to eat. Like, I, I still struggle to eat some certain foods, but I think some of it's also a bit of laziness. Yes, <laughs> um, definitely. That's one of the biggest things I've struggled with is being lazy after the surgery because going from super soft foods that are simple to eat and having no concerns, then if I want to eat steak, thinking about it, going, oh God, I don't know if I can be bothered with that because it's just like, it's almost like when you do exercise and the next day your jaw, your, bo- your muscles may ache. It's the same with my jaw. Um, so I think people get quite shocked with that. So I want to just rewind a little bit because I know we're jumping about, but... It's all really good information. I think it's useful for people to hear this. I want to go back to your surgery. So the night before, you were nervous, you'd had your feast, you were going for your surgery. On the day of your surgery, you have a period of time, I believe, and I can't comment, I'm going off what Jade said. Um, I believe you have a period of time where you've got nobody with you, where you're waiting to obviously go to theatre. Did you have that? Yeah, so I was like Jade and I was like the first one in. And I was like to mum, I was like, while I'm sat there, I was like, I'm just going to do my uni essays. And she was like, (laughs) no, you're not. And I was like, yeah, I am. I'll I'll whip out like a medieval essay or whatever. And she's like, you're not going to do that, but okay. And then I I didn't do that. (laughs) I was just about to say, if you actually do an essay prior to having surgery in that time, I would be shocked. (laughs) I didn't do it at all. I just sat there. I was like, oh, this is actually happening. And then obviously, like, they prepare you and everything. And then for some reason, before my surgery, I got wheeled into recovery. Oh, Like, they would just, like, put me in recovery, like, like, before the surgery, I think, just to put me somewhere. Oh, okay. That's interesting. The one of the guys in recovery, like, he was, like, making jokes with all the nurses and they were talking to me and, like, trying to keep me at ease. But the entire time before that, I just went in it with, like, I was just, like, being not sarcastic but like making jokes about everything <laughs> to like kind of deal with it I think which really helped me I think that's the thing you you develop your own coping mechanism you don't know what it is until you loop back um and I think Jade was very much from memory what Jade was doing was messaging friends and family and thinking about the future etc um you sound very similar to me with making jokes because I remember going into um anesthesia to to obviously get prepped and to fall asleep and I remember saying to Mr. Pierce, don't make me look like Miss Piggy or I'll break your jaw. <laughs> for some reason, I was a little bit high at that point. For reference, I'm not a very violent person. But I was very high at that point. And I remember them asking me questions and me giving sarcastic answers and them laughing. And they do what they can do to put you at ease, I think, before yeah, the surgery. That's one thing that I was so grateful for. All the staff prior and in recovery were absolutely amazing all the stuff were amazing like throughout it's it's shocking because obviously you hear a lot about oh how bad or how crippled the nhs is but all of us have gone through this on the nhs 
and the experience that all of us have had has been very positive. Now, I don't know if that's because we're biased. We all had our surgery at Royal Stoke. Me, you and um, Jade all had Mr. Pierce as our surgeon. So we have got a few other people coming up on podcasts that are on under different hospitals and surgeons. So it'll be interesting to see the difference there, if there is one or not. I hope there isn't, because I think we're very lucky with how we've been treated with that. Um, so let's move forward a little bit. You've had the surgery, you've come out, you should be in recovery. How did you feel when you were in recovery, Jess? Um, I was very out of it, obviously. But I remember I spent the entire time in recovery. I was with this nurse and I was trying to convince her to, like, give me water. But obviously yeah. she couldn't give me water because, like, you need the bottles. Yeah. But I was like, please, I was, like, trying to, like, because at this point I could still speak for some reason. I was like, please, can I have some water? And she could understand me and she, like, obviously couldn't give it me. And then I remember seeing Mr. Pierce come in and be like, oh, yeah, yeah she's fine to go down to the ward whenever we've got it. But I was, I think I was there for like two or three hours. Like it was yeah. hours. I was the same. Jade was very lucky. She was like an hour or two. I, I think I was four hours and forgot to call my family to say I was out of surgery. They did that with mine as well. <laughs> so all the family there panicking, wondering what's going on. But the same as you though, there was a nurse there that was absolutely fabulous. And I was asking for water as well and she kept saying, no, not yet. And then I kept asking to see myself and she's like, no, you're not seeing yourself yet. Um, and I think they try and avoid you seeing yourself straight away because you aren't looking at your best, obviously. Um, but once you do get onto the wards, I don't know about you, but I was desperate for the bathroom. So I just remember getting the nurse and saying, I've got to go to the bathroom and seeing myself in the mirror for the first time and going, what the hell has happened? So did you have that moment at any point when you were, I suppose, on the wards? So I got onto the ward and for some reason, I don't know why, they brought me round toast. What? Yeah, they brought me around, like, they literally brought me, like, oh. That's almost like teasing you. Yeah, they brought me toast and, like, like a cup. I think it was a miscommunication. And I think I literally cried. (laughs) And then when I looked in the mirror, I was like, I was like, what? Yeah. And uh, I'm sorry, I've got to laugh at the toast thing. Sorry, that's caught me off guard. I didn't know they did that to you. Um. Jade didn't have that. There's a person I've been speaking to that's just had their surgery where he he's not at Royal Stoke, but he's struggled to get any food while he was out of surgery. He was starving. <laughs> and whereas you're they're trying to feed you toast after having both of your jaws broken. <laughs> I remember it coming round like mid-morning and one of the, I don't know, it must have been like an intern or somebody, he came around and he was taking food orders and he asked me and I was like, I can't eat anything. And I'm on Ensure drinks and trying to tell him, and he was like, You can't eat anything. Why? And he was confused. And I sat there thinking, Have you checked my notes? Like, he's trying to take a food order from me. I had that. <laughs> it was so confusing. Like, am I allowed to eat or not? And it's only when the nurse cleared up with him to say, No, Ensure. He brought me over this Ensure drink, and he realized then what it was, what was happening. I think. That's the only thing I'd say when it comes to like the nursing team, they try their best, they do their best. But I think sometimes there's a bit of lack of communication or checking on notes to see what people can or can't have. And that's where some of these problems come in. And obviously it made you quite emotional when they brought you toast. Because you must have been starving at that point as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember sitting there thinking, I'm so hungry. <laughs> but it, I think that's the only downside to it. So you'd had your surgery. Um, for anyone that goes through the surgery, again, we can only speak from a Royal Stoke perspective and our surgeon, Mr. Pierce, what happens. But the next day you go in the morning, normally around mid-morning, to see Mr. Pierce again for a post-surgery checkup. And he determines if you're fit to go home. He asks you a few questions, explains what's happened in the surgery. Um, and then basically signs you off to say, off you go. Um, and this is where me and Jess bumped into each other. I was seeing Mr. Pierce for, I think it was my three month checkup. And I saw Jess in the waiting room and you were waiting to be seen. Um, and I think they wheeled you into a separate room in the end, didn't you? Because you were feeling a bit self-conscious with how you'd looked and how you felt at the time. I think I was like, when, so I remember my mum saying like, you'll need a wheelchair after. I was like, no, I won't. You've been like dramatic. Mm. She wasn't being dramatic. So I got wheeled, no, she wasn't. I got wheeled up and I was sat with everyone and I didn't even have, like at this point, I had no energy to like even get my glasses. So I mm. couldn't even see. And then I'm sat there, I was like, I'm either going to be sick or I'm going to faint. Like I hadn't eaten really. So yeah. I felt horrendous. And Fiona, oh, Fiona's such been amazing throughout the entire thing. She came to me and like, she's like sorted even my gown up for me because that was wrong. <laughs> And then she wheeled me into like another room, but I was like trying to get anyone's attention just to be like, I literally, because I couldn't speak, I was like, I feel horrendous. Yeah. And Fiona kind of like sorted me out and everything. And then obviously I met you. <laughs> it, it's strange, isn't it? Because you go through that moment and you think everyone's staring at you and everyone's looking at yeah. you. And I remember walking in the hospital doors and seeing you and thinking, right, don't stare at her because I remember how I felt. But I had to kind of, stare at you to figure out if it was you or not um so it's only when i went in with my appointment with mr pierce i remember saying to him is that jess and he was like oh yeah have you been speaking to her and i said yeah i have actually um and i actually asked his permission then to, if i'm okay to go and see you and he said i think it'd probably do you some good to see somebody yeah definitely talk to somebody um I just want to go on something though that you've said that about your glasses. So, do you wear glasses on a regular basis? I wear contact lenses, but obviously because of how swollen my eyes were, I couldn't even get mm. them in. It, and this is something I didn't expect. So, I wear glasses, and for about three or four months after surgery, I found that when I wore my glasses, because I'd had top jaw surgery, they weren't quite in the right place because the position of your nose changes, and I found that I got aching across my top jaw from the pressure of the glasses not sitting right. Have you experienced any of that or have you been okay? I think I've been okay, but I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I it, I struggled because I was sat there one day going, why can't I not see properly? And it's where the point of vision is in your glasses, that optimal point that they measure, it obviously changes with your nose shape changing. Um, and that's something I've really struggled with even to this day. If I, um, like I was last week, having difficulty with cold or flu and sinuses, if I put my glasses on, I can feel the pressure from them, whereas I'd never feel that before. So it's always something to consider and to bear in mind, that is. And I'm waiting a few more months before I get my eyes tested and new glasses. Um, but I think, especially if your nose shapes change quite a lot, it's definitely worth getting checked at your opticians to make sure that obviously everything's in the right place still. So, I want to check, you went through a lot of swelling, there was a lot of bruising yes. for you as well, because I remember you sending me photos. Yeah, and there was a lot of bruising. And 
because I know I I didn't really have a lot of bruising. I am very lucky in that sense. When I bruise, I bruise badly. And when I swell, I normally swell bad, but everything kind of goes quite fast for me. I heal quite fast. But you were really struggling. And I think you said that you think some of the bruising come from the fact that you had your wisdom teeth taken out as part of the surgery, hadn't you? Yeah, because I discovered that. Like when I, my Mr. P let me see the x rays, I noticed I was like, oh, my wisdom teeth are missing, which I completely understand now why they did it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I had bruising. I mean, I don't mind you putting photos on whatever because it's, you know, to show people. But yeah. I had both under my eyes. I had all around my jaw, left side, right side. I had like where my throat was all bruised and then I actually was like yellow like bruising to like mm-hmm. my chest which was really weird yeah I've seen a few people that go like that I think you kind of do go one way or the other it's quite extreme or minimal and yours was quite extreme so I remember seeing it and going oh god Jess yeah but, I remember, it just like threw everything at me yeah everything that could happen did happen happened Jess. yeah <laughs> But now, when, when you look at yourself, because I'm guessing a lot of your swelling's gone down. Yeah. Um, we've we've texted as well, haven't we, like, in between this. So I don't want anyone listening to think, oh, it's the first time Lauren's spoken to Jess. It isn't. We speak probably on a daily basis. Lauren has been a godsend. <laughs> I wouldn't Andy. say that, but I was going to say, I wouldn't say I have, but I, uh, hopefully we've made you laugh during that process. <laughs> definitely. Definitely helped. <laughs> but... You'd said to us the other day, so me, Jade and Jess have all got a group chat and Jess had sent through a message and it was a picture of herself with a makeup on. Um, you, your bruising's gone down a lot, your swelling's practically gone. How do you feel when you look at your face now though? It's so weird. Like I was having such an identity crisis because I was like, I look so different. And yeah. like I went back to work um, on Saturday and all everyone for like the past like 10 minutes was like oh my god you look so different but you look so good but they were like yeah. but i can't tell you why you look different but you just do yeah and i think that was my biggest stress that like people would be like oh because i don't know why i still see myself as like being really swollen like really bruising when everyone was staring at me and like obviously no one could even tell anymore that i've had anything done no so it's and just like amazing it's strange isn't it because no one can tell you've had anything done now and Probably a couple of weeks ago, they probably were struggling to understand if you'd had anything done. And that can be quite quite a problem, I think. Yeah. Because no one can see what's happened, but there's still recovery that happens. Um, when I was speaking to Mr. Pierce in my last appointment, he was saying, like, with scar tissue, etc., it's a good 12 months until you see the proper shape of your face. So we'll still be going mm. through changes. And there'll still be um, people that notice that something changed, but they don't quite know what. And I see that as, a, as an after effect of the surgery where it's more on the social side. You've got a battle with people to go, yes, I have had this done. And then when you tell people what you've had done, they're like, but why? Why would you put yourself through all that? And me and Jade discussed this. It isn't just about how you look. It's the whole functionality of your jaw and how you eat, what you eat, airways. It's about your jaw being developed properly and giving you a better quality of life and this is what people really struggle to understand with the surgery they think it's so cosmetic yeah and yeah one of the after effects you get is a change in how you look which is cosmetic but that's not the be all and end all is it no it's like like you said like the how you function yeah it really is so i'm conscious of time so i'll get ready to wrap this up jess thank you so much for coming on i want to ask one last question if it's okay if you could give 
anybody advice who is thinking about going through this treatment or is getting ready for surgery or is maybe going through recovery what is the golden nugget of advice you would give anybody i'd say don't be afraid to ask for help because i think like if you're very independent or like just set your own ways there is people there who can support you and there is people there like you do need help like you can't go through this on your own no at all you can't and I think people again underestimate that they think I'll just have it done I'll be on a liquid diet and I'll go home and it's not quite that simple I think you raise a really really good point there there Jess so thank you so much for that so with that in mind um, I'm gonna let Jess leave thank you so much for joining us and thank you for anyone that's listened to Jess's experience and if you've got questions feel free to message us We do also have an Instagram um, group chat for anyone that's got adult braces or is going through jaw surgery or even contemplating going through it. And Jess is also in that chat as well as myself and some others. So if you do want to be a part of it, just give me a follow on um, Instagram and drop me a message and we'll get you added in. But Jess, thank you so, so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Thanks.